You know, the presence of the Lord is here. There is no place on earth we can go to escape his presence. So as Bill Johnson says, you might as well imagine him here with you, right? If you can't go anywhere to escape his presence, he's here right now. So just receive him. Breathe him in. Just thank him. Know that he hears your whispers. He hears the quiet cries inside of your heart. He just wants to be close to each one of us. He wants us to know his nearness, that you're never alone. I love that, that phrase, we are not alone. It's kind of sci-fi, kind of outer spacey, but in reality, we are not alone. I pray that in this next full year that we're walking into, that God would lift the veil more and more for each one of us, that we would see glimpses of the unseen realm, that we would get glimpses of the heavens, that in your personal quiet time, you would encounter Jesus, you would encounter the Father, you would have an encounter with the Holy Spirit that's so rich and real that he would sweep you up and take you into his throne room and show you things, show you things that he has for your life. So that's my prayer. I'm gonna open up this time right now for anyone from the church, the team. We always say the ministry team, but maybe you're here and you're like, well, who is the ministry team? Does that mean me? Or This is a safe place. We trust everyone in this room. So if you have an encouragement, a prophetic unction, even if you're off, we want you to be brave, take a risk, and just step out and release it. And if it's off, we're all healthy enough to know we can flush the things that aren't from God and we can take the things that are. But pretty much everything I've ever heard spoken in this room is not really flushable. It's uh, all good. It's all good stuff. So as we were singing, this is how I fight my battle. This is how I fight my battle. This is how I fight my battle. And I heard the Lord say, look up. Isn't that good? <laughs> Look up. Look up. <laughs> Hallelujah. Look up. Look up. Look up. I got to look up. Who has to look up? Oh, praise God. Hallelujah. Nothing bigger than God. Nothing. This is how I fight my battle. Look up. That's easy to remember. Look up. I thought you were going to say something, babe. He was flagging. <laughs> Look up. So then the next song after that, we sing, your promises never fail, uh, over and over and over and over again. And it reminded me of the day the pulmonologist came in and said, you are now a University of Washington patient, um, first and foremost. Um, and they took the CT scan and you pretty much gave a dire picture of everything. And that day I uh, downloaded uh, the message version of the Bible app. And um, I told myself I would write down every word of Psalm 91. And there are certain parts of it that I stopped myself because it was ludicrous. Um, just because it was confronting the very things the doctors had told me. Um, but I felt very strongly this morning that as we sang, your promises never fail, that that included all the promises. And so as an encouragement, I felt like I could read Psalm 91, and if a verse ministered to you, this is, these are promises that will never fail.
you who sit down in the high God's presence, spend the night in Shaddai's, Al Shaddai's shadow, say this, God, you're my refuge. I trust in you and I'm safe. That's right. He rescues you from hidden traps, shields you from deadly hazards. His huge outstretched arms protect you. Under them, you're perfectly safe. His arms fend off all harm. Fear nothing, not wild wolves in the night, not flying arrows in the day, not disease that prowls through the darkness, not disaster that erupts at high noon. Even though others succumb all around, drop like flies right and left, no harm will even graze you. You'll stand untouched, watched it from a distance, watch the wicked turn into corpses. Yes, because you're God, God's your refuge, the high God, your very own home. Evil can't get close to you, harm can't get through the door. He ordered his angels to guard you wherever you go. If you stumble, they'll catch you. Their job is to keep you from falling. You'll walk unharmed among lions and snakes and kick young lions and serpents from the path. If you'll hold on to me for dear life, says God, I'll get you out of any trouble. I'll give you the best care if you'll only get to know and trust me. Call me and I'll answer. Be at your side in bad times. I'll rescue you, and this was the most ludicrous part. Then throw you a party. I'll give you a long life, give you a long drink of salvation. So for whoever that ministered to this morning, we just speak abundance and courage in the face of the battle, that your promises never fail. They are consistent. They are steadfast even when we are not. Thank you for your faithfulness through every twist and turn. And I speak life and encouragement to everyone here that Psalm 91 can be carried out in each one of our hearts as a protection psalm, as an encouragement psalm. When we're happy, when we're sad, when we have sickness, and when we're healthy. You are a good God, and your promises never fail. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Don't get up yet. I would like you guys to do something with me. I'm going to ask you to stretch your hands forward just for a minute, but I'm going to ask Isabel to come here for a second. I know, don't worry, it won't be weird. I hope not. You know, a while back, my dad had actually heard something from the Lord in our living room gathering, and it was for Isabel, and she might not remember this, but he just, and I was surprised that my dad saw this or heard it or whatever, however he got it, but he, he was seeing for Isabel that she has a, a, an ability, an anointing to declare a wall of fire or a wall of, a hedge of protection so what I would like you to do is just, just pray after me, Isabel, so it's not awkward for you. I don't want to put you on the spot. Okay. So just take that okay. hand on Josh, and you guys okay. extend your hands and just speak into the microphone. Okay. Okay. So in, Jesus name, in Jesus' name, we release, we release that wall of fire, that hedge of protection, the army of heaven, those winds, those flames of fire, the ministers of your salvation, to release around you protection and release healing. We welcome you, Holy Spirit. We release your presence now into Josh's body, into every fiber of his lungs. And we just say lungs. Release healing. Lungs. Be restored. Every fiber be renewed. We speak newness of life. 
in every measure we can receive. In the power of Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for coming up. Thanks. We're not done with this guy, but he ain't going anywhere. So I want to encourage him and everyone in this room to take opportunities just to blast him. Sometimes we just need to keep blasting, kind of like a blowtorch. Just need to just need to come up and just continue to agree and declare and trust God. You know, healings often come in measures. Miracles are when it happens, boom, just like that. We'll take measures. We'll take percentage. Give us 20%, 50%, 75%, God, anything you want to release, we will pull on heaven for that. So, anybody else want to come up and share something before we hand things over to Dave and Sharon? We're going to do a couple quick announcements, and then these guys are going to shred the room with the word of God, the sword of the spirit. Nobody's going to come up? Okay, a couple announcements. Isabel, what's first on the chart there? Just a reminder, I've pretty much got a good head count of those who said they want to go to this conference, February 25th and 26th, the Global Legacy Northwest Conference with uh, Steve Backlund from Bethel Church and a team of students, and it will be uh, open sessions in the evening for anyone who wants to come. The daytime sessions are for those who have registered, so there is a fee, but if you let me know that you intend to go and you will be able to go, then we will we will go ahead and pay in advance for your, your place and then we'll figure out the details later with the rest of it. So if anyone wants to go, please contact me soon. I, I have, I think, nine people so far who plan on going. And if you can't afford to go, let us know. We will help you. And the first day is half day from like 1 o'clock, I think, on, and then the next day is all day long. So. Yeah, so let us know. Other than that, sooner than that event, we are going to open our house on Friday nights for a series of seven Fridays. I believe that we will aim to start this coming Friday if, if, it's, if it's really just not going to work for, I know, I know. Um, but we can get you uh, the material so you can at least know what we're covering. This is not going to be quote-unquote training. Okay, this is going to be just equipping our church with some tools for inner healing. It is the Bethel Sozo basic inner healing ministry curriculum. It's basically videos. Isabel is going to play for us a quick video clip so you can kind of see what I'm talking about. My name is Teresa Liebscher, and I'm a co-leader of the Bethel Soso Ministry here at Bethel Church, along with Donna De Silva, the founder, other co-leader of the ministry. The Soso Ministry is an inner healing deliverance ministry that goes in and finds wounds and lies that stop people from dealing with life and stops people from having an intimate relationship with each member of the Godhead. Because of this, we are now offering Bethel Soso training and this is a training that will teach you the tools, let you have question answers, give you live demos, get you set up to actually establish the SOSO ministry at your church so that you can start applying the ministry to people that are hurting and to those that are on your heart to help people. You can go to our website underneath the itineraries Find out where all the basic SOSO trainings are around the world. You can also contact the regional directors that are closer to you. Their information is also on our website, underneath SOSO Network, underneath regional directors. There's a bunch of them going on around the world. Come and enjoy with us. Okay, so we aren't doing this to establish a SOSO ministry in our church yet. Okay, we want... It was our intention to keep that, that on the forefront of what God would add to this body at some point when we have the ability to do it. 
We strongly believe in the inner healing ministry. We love how Sozo works at Bethel, and Galen's Church is a, a regional facility for Sozo ministry and equipping. They are actually going to be having a one-day Sozo training thing at the church. I think it's in March, but I, I can't remember the date right at the moment. Um, but what I would like to do in the meantime is just because people are like, well, you talk about Sozo, this weird word, like what's a Sozo? Sounds strange. And I'm not going to go into all the details, but it's just the Greek word for healing. It's used a bunch of times in the New Testament, and it's, and it's translated often as salvation or healing or deliverance. So Jesus sozoed people that were demon-possessed. He sozoed blind people. He brought sozo to us, salvation. The power of the cross paid for our sozo, our salvation. So they use that word to, to put it as a name for their inner healing ministry. And what we're going to do is go through these seven weeks of one and a quarter hour video and watch and learn exactly what it is. So if you're curious about it and you want to learn, and you will actually pick up some tools by observing, um, and you can use those tools on yourself. This is not to qualify and give you a badge of now you're fully officially trained as a sozo minister. Go and set up a shop in your in your living room and invite demon-possessed people from the city to come in and, you know, practice the tools. Um, what you do in your house and what you do in your ministry is your choice, but don't call it Bethel Sozo that I'm going to do on you because they, they are very particular how they want people trained and officially recognized so that they can point people to people that have had their tools, um, have you trained with their tools, equipped with their set of tools. There are many inner healing tools out there. Bethel Church has chosen to take these particular tools and put them in a set. They're very gentle and effective. You know, some inner healing ministries, people convulse and throw up and manifest, and they're often in worse condition when they're done. That is not their intention. Their intention was to see people delivered and set free and to, to help equip Christians like you and me that maybe we don't have major issues, but we have some wounds. We, we have some lies that have taken root. There's possibly things that we just never have known how to deal with, and it's a chance to get those festering wounds healed instead of keeping them covered up and hidden and suffering because it will affect you in all areas of life. It'll, it'll affect your ministry. It'll affect your marriage, your, your relationships with those around you. So it's something that we are putting on the very forefront of what we want to see happen in our church, but this is an opportunity just to get some equipping now instead of waiting. Um, with other than that, there's no other announcements, so you two better get up here before I ramble all your time away. Are you sitting on the thrones, kings and priests? Okay, I'll help you get set up here. You need to be scooted forward. Is it good where it's at? Good morning, kings and priests. <laughs> Scott talking about the Bethel Sozo is kind of our opening because in our message, what we'd like to see is people set free because lies do hinder us. Mm -hmm. Things we've learned in the church, not this one, but other churches that have probably possibly held us back. Mm -hmm. um, one of the things we want to talk about is faith. I know everybody's probably going, ugh, faith. <laughs> so we're going to bounce around a little bit. This is going to be more like sitting in your living room, just having a conversation, only we're the only ones talking and you guys are listening. So it's actually kind of like having relatives over. <laughs> <laughs> and they're doing all the talking. <laughs> so... Um, one of the things we want to say about faith is, could you put that first? Oh. So 
just to let you know, we thought we had this all down. We were like, oh, here's point one, two, three, four. No, uh, it hasn't worked out like that. It's actually been more of an ongoing uh, conversation. And the more we um, dig into the verses and uh, just talk about even our own experience, this has kind of taken on a life of its own. So if we were to have given you an outline, I would have to ask you to throw it away. <laughs> or as Scott said earlier, flush it. Just flush <laughs> One of the things that we used to hear messages about is the verse, without faith, it is impossible to please him. Oh, and, and doesn't that just give you, I'm like, oh, great. Well, I can't measure up. That's not me. I, I don't know. I'm just going to plug my ears because I am not a person of faith. Yes, and basically what they use it for is to beat us over the head saying you're sick, broke, and miserable because you don't have enough faith. But what does this actually say, the whole thing? It says, by faith, Enoch was taken away so that he did not see death and was not found because God had taken him. For before he was taken, he had this testimony that he pleased God. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. And that right there is faith. It is you believe that God is, he exists, we believe in him, and that we seek him. How can I put this? It's not faith in our faith. Right. It is we are seeking God, and God, he is the rewarder of those who seek him. So... We heard, uh, we heard Lancer pray for Josh, and it was, it was so succinct, so perfect, that it's, it's not about Josh having faith. It's about Josh believing in Jesus, having Jesus, and that in itself is pleasing that in itself is the faith. So it's not about us going out and saying, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read 10 chapters today. I'm going to spend an hour in prayer. I'm going to do 20 minutes of confessions and declarations. I mean, all that is good. All that's good. It's good to get it in our head. It's good to uh, build that into us. But the part that is pleasing is that you believe and you trust God, and that is the pleasing part. This is the foundation that we stand on. We don't stand on our own faith, because when he talked about having faith as a mustard seed, he wasn't being insulting, but what he was saying is, is your faith is tiny. Um, could you put up the Mark 11, 21 through 23? Now, these guys just came from a, a meeting, and the day before, Jesus had cursed a fig tree. I don't know, everybody, I think, knows that story, most people anyway. It said, and Peter, remembering, said to him, Rabbi, look, the fig tree which you cursed has withered away. So what was the first thing Jesus said about it? Oh, yeah, if you have faith, you know, if you believe that you can wither this tree, no, what Jesus said was this. So Jesus answered and said to them, have faith in God. For assuredly, I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes those things that he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. Okay, we can say to this mountain, but as long as we don't doubt, but are we going to doubt? I mean, the disciples, he told us to his disciples. So what's the first thing some of them probably did? Probably looked over at the mountain and went, 
mountain be cast into the sea. Mountain be cast into the sea. Eh, it didn't happen. Oh, okay, no biggie. I'm not sure where I'm at. <laughs> what I'm saying is this. We're humans. God knows we're humans. We're going to have doubt in our heart on some things. Are we seeking God? What he's saying here is, whoever doesn't doubt in his heart, are there any of us that don't doubt in our hearts, some things will come to pass. Yeah, it's just human nature. Sometimes we pray and it's like, Lord, I, I don't know if this is going to happen or not. You know, it's just, it's beyond me. It's not our faith. It is our faith in God, not over the matter at hand. It is our seeking, our diligently seeking God, and it's his faith. That is the foundation which we stand on where we can speak and say, Lord, I diligently seek you. I speak to my finances. I speak to this illness. Lord, heal, mm -hmm. restore. Mm -hmm. Good word, baby. So the, the pressure is not on us. The, the pressure that we put on ourselves is, it's not from the Father. The pressure that we put on ourselves to uh, live up to a certain expectation, that, um, at least in our case, we found that it wasn't... We found that it was from messages that we heard. Um, and I think that the people who delivered the message, they were probably well-meaning. Um, most likely it was something that they had heard and had been passed down to them. And um, so we have over, you know, we have over the years, we've had to learn to, you know, we've just learned to forgive because in the same way, you know, we have... As we get more light um, and we see where, you know, we've made mistakes in the past, some of the hardest things is to uh, forgive yourself, you know, for, for doing dumb stuff. So um, what we've learned to do is that we've, le we've learned to just let it go and say, okay, for whatever reason they are where they are, but this is where the Lord has brought us. And the Lord has brought us into that place of saying it's about relationship with me. Uh, be in that place of relationship. There's a picture that um, you see this with, you know, with couples that are in love or you see it with a, a new parents and their little baby. You know, they're face to face, you know, probably their foreheads touching and and so close that you can feel the breath of the other person. And so really that is what the Lord desires with us, is that he wants us to be in that place where we're close, where we're intimate, and we're um, heart to heart. And in that place, uh, we are, um, in that place we are, we, there's, a, there's just a link, there's a trust, and it's in that trust in him, in his doing, in his leading, in, in his strength, is where um, we can speak out of that. Out of our relationship with him, you know, it's kind of like, it's like, okay, I know David got paid, I can go buy something because it's in the bank. And so it's the same way with our... <laughs> It's the same way with our Father. You know, we, we know that relationship that we have with Him. And um, 
So out of that relationship, we can speak. We can speak to the tree. We can speak to whatever issue or problem. Religion says that we have to have faith, that we have to work. We have to build up our faith in our faith. Mm-hmm. That we're not good enough if sick, miserable, and broke, that we don't have faith, and that's why nothing's happening. That's kind of a lot of pressure, like Sharon said. We're putting, there's a lot of pressure on you to perform, to have the faith. Well, how do I get this faith? Well, God doesn't want that pressure on us. He wants us to seek him. Mm-hmm. You know, God says, you know, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. It doesn't say your faith is going to give you rest. It says, I will give you rest. It's a free gift. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't have to rely on our performing, our performance, our long prayers. You know, it says, don't let your prayers be long for he knows what, he knows what you need before you even ask him. So when we come to seek God, that's what we're looking at is our faith in God. It's not like a shotgun that it goes all over the place, but it's more like an arrow. We are aiming our faith at God because God is the rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Um, Could you put up John? John 4, 5 through 10. What happens in our journey when we start relying on our own faith to get things done is we start getting tired. We start getting weary. And one of the things, it's a journey. And it says that Jesus arrived at the Samaritan village of Sychar near the field that Jacob had given to his son, Joseph, long ago. Wearied by his long journey, he sat on the edge of Jacob's well. He sent his disciples into the village to buy food, for it was already afternoon. Soon a Samaritan woman came to draw water. Jesus said to her, give me a drink of water. Surprised, she said, why would a Jewish man ask a Samaritan woman for a drink of water? Jesus replied, if you knew who I am and the gift that God wants to give you, you'd ask me for a drink and I would give you living water. And that's what happens when we start asking Jesus for water. He gives us living water. It's refreshing. It's something that is supernatural. And here he is weary, and now he starts ministering to this Samaritan woman. So in, for Jesus, that was his mission He was graced to share the message. And when we are doing what the Father has graced us to do, then when we do that thing, it refreshes us. It builds us up. Um, For me personally, you know, I don't, I wouldn't want to lead a team of folks around the countryside and say, hey, we're going to go from town to town, ministering to people, healing them. That just, I, I don't think that's the grace for me, but this was the grace for Jesus to do what he did. And when he was in that place of doing what he was graced to do, it fed him. I'm not sure if we requested the rest. Did we request more verses on that? Uh, let's see. Okay. Okay. Well, anyways, so yeah, we started throwing a bunch of stuff in. So, <laughs> and I don't know that we got all the verses to Scott, but basically, the the disciples uh, came back from their um, their journey from town. You know. They, Maybe they went to Popeye's, Kentucky Fried Chicken, but they were back and they were like, sweet, I think Jesus is going to like this side of 
potatoes and gravy or, you know, coleslaw or something. But when they got back, he's like, he's like, you know what? I, I'm, I'm hungry. I'm not hungry anymore. One version that we said, it says, he says, I have nutrients that you don't know of. And so as Jesus was ministering, that nourished him. He was revived. And so, um, so when we, you know, when we individually, when we get weary in our journey, just take a moment to step aside and just, you know, ask the Father, what are you gracing me for in this very moment? What am I graced for in this very moment? And another thing about faith I want to bring up is when we're seeking God, it's like, it's like when Peter was in the boat and Jesus came walking on the water and they all thought it was a ghost, they're all terrified. And Jesus said, you know, don't fear it, it's I. And Peter said, well, if it's you, Lord, bid me to come. And he said, come. So when Peter got out of the boat, he's walking on the water. He's looking at Jesus, keeping an eye on him. He's walking. But then what happens? He quit seeking or looking at or diligently walking toward the Lord he started looking around this way and that way and then what happens he sinks and he has to cry out to the Lord who had to reach over and grab him if he would have kept his eyes on Jesus I believe he would have walked all the way to him and probably all the way back but one of the things that this chapter also talks about is worship because he started talking to the woman of the well about worship and he said, there's a time that's coming and is now that you will worship in spirit and in truth. Because they, were, they weren't arguing, but she was saying that they worship on the mountain and that the Jews believe that they were, they're supposed to worship in Jerusalem. But Jesus told her, the time is now that you'll be worshiping in spirit and truth. And when he's talking about the worship, this is where he's getting energized he's talking about the worship the woman at the woman from the well and he never even got his drink she ended up dropping the bucket and running to town to get her, to get all the people and she convinced them all to come out and see somebody who told me all about myself so Jesus never even got his drink of water but he was refreshed because he was doing what he and one of the things Jesus says, he doesn't do anything that he doesn't see the Father doing. So I think our goal would be, Father, what are you doing in my life? And if you ask him, he will tell you. Mm -hmm. You know, Father, what do I need to do today? What do I, where do I need to go today? Do I need to pray? Do I need to read? And the Lord speaks to each one of us mm -hmm. if we're willing to listen you know, as to what we're going to do, because his grace is upon us to hear his voice. Yeah. His sheep know his voice. Yeah. So. Oh. Oh, <laughs> I was just going to talk a little bit about um, worship, where um, Jesus is talking with a woman about, you know, neither there or here um, are you going to worship, but you a time is coming where you're going to worship me in spirit and in truth. And um, so for me, just to, you know, for my own understanding, I'm always trying to like, well, what's he really saying? How does that actually flesh out? And um, I'm, all sh I'm sure we've all been in that situation or where we've heard somebody and they're like, well, my real situation is, oh, how do you like my hair color? And I'm sure some people are very gracious, and they're like, oh, nice. You know, and they walk away, and like, what did she do? So, you know, it really wasn't a tr They were just being kind, but, um, but true worship is to be, you know, from your heart. You know, it's just, if you don't have a song, it's just a... Lord, thank you. Thank you for your provision in my life. Thank you for my health. Thank you for my family. And kind of um, when, we were, when we were talking about this at home, David started singing that uh, older song, you know, count your blessings, name them one by one. I don't know if you guys even know that. It's like a... <laughs> It is. my. Um, I think my grandmother gave that album... 
the LP to my mother, and that's how I learned that song. So anyways, but it is about, um, you know, sometimes you're just not feeling it. And so, you know, it, it, and sometimes it really is a sacrifice to um, say, okay, I'm going to praise even though I don't feel it, I'm not feeling well, my finances, my body, my family, you know, and sometimes you just have to say, Lord, thank you that, you know, I'm upright and taking nourishment, thank you that I can pray, I thank you, and it's just remembering the simple things to get your heart into that place of gratitude, and you really have to, sometimes you have to stir it up, and then once you get yourself stirred up, after a while, you're just like, you know, you're taking names. (laughs) And the flow is always from him. The flow comes down and it fills our bellies full of living water that we can impart that to others. The flow is always going to be from the Lord. That's why the diligently seek him, I think, comes in. Because we're kind of like we're kind of like a cell phone. You know, your cell phone, it works pretty great by itself when the battery's full. But after a while, you know, you're like eight, seven, five, three percent, your phone's starting to beep. And you just keep using your phone and then pretty soon the thing's dead but when you plug it into the wall all of a sudden that thing comes to life it's like hey I can use my phone again nice it's got juice in it and that's kind of like plugging into the Lord that's kind of like diligently seeking him is plugging into the Lord and like Sharon said sometimes worshiping it's tough sometimes your worship is just thank you Jesus thank you Jesus you're just tired you feel weak and that's all all you're doing is thanking him for who he is and what he's done because Jesus has paid it all he is he is our all in all he's paid for everything and we don't have to how can I say this a lot of people have taught that unless you confess your sin it's not going to be forgiven to me, the whole problem with that is, is that you can't remember all your sins because we have sins of neglect, you know. There's a homeless guy, eh, you know, he's probably got a nice car in the background or whatever, and, you know, <laughs> our sins, we couldn't begin. The list would be so long. So all we have to do is, Lord, forgive me today for what I have or have not done. Yeah. So to me, that is the worship, you know. If you have a song, great. If you got a singing voice, great. I, I'm not going to say I don't have a singing voice. I don't want to be negative, but... He makes a joyful noise. Yeah, my noise is joyful. <laughs> maybe, to not, maybe not to the hearers, but my noise is joyful. But worship, if you're feeling down, if you're feeling discouraged, if you're feeling weak and tired, you know, just praise him for who he is and what he's done in your life. There was, there was a verse. Could you go to Romans 8 1? Let's see. Oh, is this a different one? Oh, okay. Well, there's three different versions up there, but my condensed version that I always just speak to myself is. Therefore, there is now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. And I'll tell you, I, I live in this one, and it, it actually, um, it will take me out of, it, it will take me from feeling like, you know, boot scum to, you know, ascended into the heavens. And so what it is is just putting us, putting ourselves in remembrance of who we really are in Christ. Um, if we keep in mind that the Father's will for us, the Father's desire for us was always that we would have that, that life that um, Adam and Eve had in the garden where they didn't live out of their, they didn't live out of their, um, their flesh. You know, they were... Um, 
they lived out of their spirit. And it was just like their body just hosted their soul and their body just hosted their spirit. But um, the Father, he, he wants us to put, be put in remembrance that that's the relationship that he desires with us, is that we come into that knowing that um, out, of our, um, out of our relationship with him, that we, we walk in the spirit. Um, and his, it wasn't that the, in the garden, it wasn't that the, um, the tree of good and knowledge, it's not that it was, um, I don't think, obviously at the first bite, it didn't kill them, but it did, uh, it did bring that sense of, oh my goodness, I see, you know, I see good, I see evil, and I have that knowledge now. And so even now we have to, um, we have to say, Lord, am I living out of my knowledge? Am I living out of my doing? Or am I living in that uh, place of the presence of your spirit? And th don't beat yourself up if you feel like your faith is weak or, you know, you feel tired and weary. You know, it says there is now therefore no condemnation for those who are in Christ. We believe in Christ. Christ lives in us. Mm -hmm. There is therefore now no condemnation. Mm -hmm. You know, we're there. Christ is there that we can live out of his strength. Mm -hmm. yeah. Because we are weak vessels. You know, it calls us, you know, jars of clay, which are really brittle. And Jesus is the master potter. He's put us back together. And he does it multiple times. There's always something going on. A handle breaks off on something. You know how coffee cups are. You drop your favorite coffee cup on the floor and it busts and you try to glue it together and it's like, I don't know about that. But we're kind of like that. You know, we're like those brittle coffee cups. You know, he's always having to put us back together and don't feel bad about that. There is no condemnation. You know, we all have weak faith in some things. Right. Some things we think we have strong faith, and that's probably that mustard seed he was talking about. Because he said, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you can speak to that mulberry tree until it get ripped up by the roots and cast it into the sea. And again, you know the disciples were out there going, talking to that tree, trying to get it to rip up from the roots and cast into the sea, and they're like, Dude, he said if we had a faith of the mustard seed, that thing's like this big and we can't even do it. What's going on? So if you don't have that faith, don't beat yourself up. We're not to have faith in things around us. We have arrow faith to God mm -hmm. to diligently seek him. And he is the rewarder. God is the rewarder. So um, the only thing that I would that I would encourage you to do is that when you find yourself in that place where oh I've fallen I've blown it um, I don't have faith I don't have faith um, I'm not as good as so and so you know just just get in that place where you are face to face. Uh, with the Father, and um, just, you know, just say, Lord, here I am, I've blown it again, and he'll say, baby, I know, I was there, I saw you, I'm still with you, I still love you, and, um, and, and again, the hardest thing sometimes can be just to forgive yourself, so, um, so as, when you find yourself in that faltering place, you know, you just, you go back to the Father. Don't let anything hinder you from his presence um, because that's, that's, where, that's where he wants us. Come back to him. You've blown it. Come on. Come on back up. It's like watching your children learn to walk. You know, they don't grovel when they fall or when they stumble. You know, they don't say, oh, you know, I'm, I've blown it. I'm so sorry. Will you forgive me? You know, as a parent, you just want to scoop them up. You want to kiss their owies and encourage them. And you want to get them up on their feet again. So, um, yeah, that's, 
Das war ja. But that's the way the Lord looks at us. I mean, we're his, we're his lovely, brittle vessels, you know, and he loves us and he wants us to seek him because, like I said, that's where we should be living out of is what, is what he gives us because he is a rewarder. A rewarder isn't just, oh, you know, I'm going to give you enough to live on. Reward is, is tangible. It's something big. And that's what the Lord actually has for us. He has something big for every one of us, you know. It's, I think we're running out of time. Um, so, faith seeking God. And he is are, a rewarder. Yeah, and that you are already pleasing to the Father. If your heart and eyes are on the Father, and you've, you know, and Jesus is, you know, you're walking with Jesus. You are pleasing. You are pleasing to the Father. Yes. You believe that he is and he's the rewarder. You are pleasing. Don't anybody tell you that because you're sick or because maybe your bank account isn't that great. Don't let them tell you that it's not because you don't have faith. Just tell them, you know what? I have faith in God mm -hmm. and my reward is coming. Yeah. It's good. It's good. So, <laughs> I would like to pray over those that maybe feel a little weary and weak. So, Heavenly Father, we thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your Son that has cleared the way for us to come boldly to the throne. Mm -hmm. Father, when we speak, we speak out of our faith in you. In you. We you. speak wellness. We speak health. Mm -hmm. We speak wholeness. We speak energy for weariness. Mm -hmm. We exchange our weariness for your energy. Your we exchange energy. our poorness for your richness. Mm -hmm. Lord, this is the great exchange that you have given us your best, Jesus. That because of him, we are going to have a long life. Mm -hmm. Because of him, there may be a thousand that may fall at your side and ten thousand at your right hand, but it will not mm -hmm. come near us. We thank you for your blessings. We thank you that you are our refuge. Mm -hmm. And we will say that we trust the Lord. He is our God. Mm -hmm. Bless each one here. Protect us. Continue to bless us abundantly in Jesus' name. Mm -hmm. Amen. You know, just when Sharon was talking about picking up your child and kissing their owie, just not going to drag this out. I said one picture. When your child is frantic and screaming or panicking, night terrors, whatever it is, what do we usually do? Shh. Shh. Sure. Shalom. That was one thing that we, we learned. We learned just how to hear the father just we just need to calm down i think sometimes we have so much going on around us we just get so like stirred up by the atmosphere all of the signals in the atmosphere going on all around us we just need to calm down like dave and sharon are saying just hear his voice we just need to get in his presence and try to calm ourselves down and be still and know just be still and know that i am god there's something about coming back to the center of that relationship with him over and over again.